Der Awaken Your Alpha Podcast. Live limitless. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Worlds they live by. For example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin-yang, the alpha round, and their wake-up question to finish. Make sure you follow us also on Twitter at Awaken Your Alpha to get all the details and keep in the loop. Follow us on Twitter and go to the Facebook group, like our page, and men, get inside that group, just request, and I'm sure we have you and welcome you on in there. Get to the podcast! Right, today, guys, we have an epic show for you. This is Sean Whelan, and he is the man, the co-founder of Rare Breed, um, and Rare Breed is basically make our own luck. We are a brotherhood. We do epic shit. We are Rare Breed. <laughs> so like most of the people I speak to, it's almost redundant, but Sean, are you ready to awaken your alpha this morning? Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So do you want to just add to your bio at all and just do anything about that I've missed out really? No, man. I, I just, uh, I, I flip real estate. In fact, talking to you being in Michigan, I, I'm in Detroit once or twice a month. Oh. I flip, uh, I flip a bunch of houses there every single yeah, month. There's a lot of houses going there. <laughs> oh dude, we've been killing it there. Like that's the thing. People are like, Oh, Detroit, run away, run away. And I'm like, dude, that's the best time to run in when everybody yeah. else is run away. So exactly. Everything um, popular is wrong. Get in there, man. Get in yeah. There. I've been in real estate for the last eight years. That's kind of my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I do, uh, to, I guess, have a job or, or earn <laughs> yeah. living. I earn and then, and I get to uh, be an entrepreneur. I get to do, do a lot of other cool shit. So, um, yeah, the rare breed is kind of one of those one of those things that I get to do. But buy, flip, win is my day job. Yeah, uh, really. You know, no, I was I was very interested in that because uh, we haven't really had a full on sort of property developer like yourself on yet. Um, and my my dad and brother that's that's what they do in England. They're property developers. Um, so this this would be an interesting one. Obviously, we want to talk about epic stuff, but I yeah. mean just as interesting to me is like, like you say, going into places like Detroit and you know, where everyone, everyone's running, you're getting in there. And I think that's uh, definitely a bit of a philosophy for life. And on, on that note, is there kind of a, uh, alpha quote that you like to live your life by that comes to mind? Do epic shit, man. I got it pasted on my Facebook. You and I were talking about it, but it, it sounds funny because I saw, I was actually thinking about this this morning as I sent over the designs to, uh, to a guy to start doing some screen printing, some shirts, some other stuff that I'm doing. And, and uh, about a year and a half ago, almost two years after my divorce, I went through this really epic like meltdown, a whole thing. And I remember kind of flipping through some pictures one day on, uh, on, online, and I saw this picture of this little kid who was standing on a rooftop, and he had this like cape blowing in the wind, and it said in the background, do epic shit. And it was just like this weird thing, and it just all of a sudden like hit me, and I'm like, yeah, dude, I get that. I get that. And ever since then, like I've been posting it on Facebook every single day, wage war, do epic shit, wage war, do epic shit. And it's just caught on. And now literally people are like quoting it and putting it out there and putting it out there and putting it out there. And so I would have to say that, uh, those two, that my, my two quotes are wage war. It's what I sign off on yeah, Facebook yeah. every single day with, and then, uh, obviously do epic shit. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. I like, again, I like the, the sort of the thoughts that spring to mind for both of them, like waging war, like get out there and just, you know, go at it. It's not yeah. just, not going to drop in your lap if you're just well, in every in every facet. Somebody asked me that yesterday. They said, Sean, you know what is wage war? I was actually flying home at thirty five thousand feet, and I just did this Facebook post. I'm like, all right, anybody have any questions? Shoot, ask me whatever the hell you want. And somebody asked me that. They're like, what does wage war mean to you? And I'm like, dude, 
every single person that gets up every single day is waging war against mediocrity, against depression, against this, against that, against finances, against their marriage, against whatever. And so like, we're literally like waging war because if you're not, then you're just letting life beat the shit out and, of you. And it, yeah. And it can come in. Definitely. Cause I mean, I mean like I, I'm completely understand, you know, like let's have a nice life and just cruise and chill and all right. that. I get that. But for me personally, things like I'm always aware of um, like de- depression and stuff like, like you said, they get up. Like when it comes to the winter months, I like mm-hmm. back in my history, I know that's when I'm more like prone potentially. And so it's like, I don't just get up and be passive. I'm like, right, this couple of months, let's get up. Let's basically wage war. Let's crack on. Yeah, man. When I've approached it like that, not an issue, not an issue. Yeah. It's the same thing in your marriage and your relationships. I mean, every single day, like the, the, the emotional roller coaster that we all go through and you have to wage, like literally wage war with yourself, with your brain, with your mind, with your psyche to be like, no, shit, this is what I've got to do. <laughs> and that's a battle, man. I mean, that's like seriously a battle. And most people don't get it. They just kind of get tossed as, as the scriptures say to and fro. And my whole philosophy and my whole idea is like, no, dude, let's face that shit head on. Like, let's go right into the darkness. Let's go right into the depth. Like, let's figure this deep shit out because then it makes everything else that much easier. Definitely. I mean, if you're doing that, yeah, like everything else is just a walk in the park. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your origins, your backstory? Like, where did you come from to get to this point, flipping houses and then doing epic shit? And um, I mean, the photo I put up, tell me about that because it looks like you're yeah, quite good at waging some war. I want to know about <laughs> I don't know if I'd say quite good, but I, I love it. I love it. And so, uh, I mean, my backstory, I grew up back in DC, Washington, DC. So I'm kind of the big city kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents split up when I was young. We moved out to Utah. Um, I met a girl here. We ended up getting married, having three kids, living in a big ass house. I was a multimillionaire by 26, um, self-made, single parent home. You know, was, it, was it from property? From, real, from, from originally, I started a mortgage company yep. back when like before the US economy just went absolutely crazy like before vegas blew up and so we rode that wave and made a ton of money and i mean i was young man i mean what what kid when you're like 25 26 you really have no parental guidance nobody there to like tell you how to spend your money where to spend your money and we're making 50 60 grand a month as little kids like just buying anything and everything we could and then all of a sudden the market just blows up and and so when the market blows up i went through a gnarly bankruptcy i mean i was really out there i had the sixth fastest growing company in utah i had 170 employees and Whoa. literally a matter of like a matter of a year i went into this gnarly just crazy uh, funk in business and then ended up adding to that a divorce and so like i had about an 18 month span where i mean everything like perfect melted storm. down yeah. it was a perfect storm man and and it just literally like i joke with people but i'm like I'm 35. If I die at 70, I mean, I'm, I'm at ha- I'm halfway through life. Like that was like my midlife crisis. Just everything hit the fan. I went from the big house, the cars, the whole thing to like living in a one bedroom condo by myself with an ex-wife who was like just off riding in the sunset kind of a deal. And it was, uh, it was gnarly, man. I mean, it was a total, total meltdown. And so during that process, one of my buddies, uh, he opened up a big MMA gym, a big fight yeah. gym here in town and my gold's gym membership happened to run out at the same time. He's like, dude, come over and like, come over and train with us. I'm like, I didn't, I've never wrestled. I've never boxed. I've never done any of that stuff. They ended up having these smoker bouts, which are just amateur fights at the gym one night. And so I showed up and you know, I've always been the kid that's like, dude, let's jump off the roof or let's go do some crazy shit. Like I just, I love like driving fast. I love adrenaline. I love when my heart starts pounding. I've always been that way. Yeah, I've never really had it like focused or channeled. It's always been like, (laughs) <laughs> just really cavalier and so i showed up at the gym one day and they had these amateur fights and i'm like yeah dude 
I'd fight somebody. Meanwhile, I mean, you know, I'm an Irish, I'm an Irish kid. So there's two things Irish people are known for their tolerance for alcohol and their, you know, their temper and they want to beat the shit out of somebody. Man, yeah. My granddad's yeah. Irish. He grew up in Dublin. So you know exactly what I'm saying then. So, so long story short, some other kid walks into the gym that night and there are a couple hundred people in some fights and he's like, yeah, I want to fight somebody. And so they come up to him like, you want to fight this kid? I'm like, sure, I'll fight this kid. Not thinking that it was actually really going to happen, right? Yeah. Just kind of me running my mouth like I always do. The next thing you know, they show up and they're handing me gloves and a mouthpiece. And literally, I didn't have a cup. I didn't have shorts, nothing. Oh, man. So I, I borrowed this kid from the gym's cup, which is like nasty as shit. But it was like, <laughs> let's do this, dude. So literally, they put both of us in the cage. I've got zero experience, zero training, zero boxing. And it was an ugly freaking mess, dude. It was an ugly mess. But I ended up knocking this kid out in less than a minute, just beating the shit out of him, right? Just a straight up scrappy brawl, like nothing like you see on TV. And I walked out of the ring and I'm like, hell yeah, dude. That's why you use photos and not videos. The photo looks real nice. The video would have probably just been a melee. Oh, it was was crazy. So I basically started training. And then about six months later, they're like, hey, do you want to fight again? And and so what what ended up being something that was just on my bucket list became like a super big passion. And so I got really big into MMA the last five and a half, six years. And so I've had actually five, that that picture that you posted was my last professional fight. So I've had five pro uh, MMA fight. Man, so yeah. I mean, like you say, you've just given it a go, but I just went into it. I was like, bad if you actually had pro fights. That's cool. I've won more than I've lost, so look at it that way. All my fights have ended in the first round. Um, all of them, but one have ended by knockout. So I knocked there a couple guys out. I got knocked out, and you still got your looks, mate. You should get out before you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got all my teeth too. I haven't had any of my oh, teeth. See, out. this is the thing. I've always got, I've got a little bit of a desire for that myself because I, I just look competitive and stuff like that. And I did a li- very little bit of kickboxing when I was younger, but I was obviously doing my, uh, my other sports to a decent level. And I, there's something in me, I've, I fancy it a lot. And um, it's always, how would I handle it with this big honker? Because I just assume this will get <laughs> wiped across my face pretty soon. But probably, either way, whether it's at a bar fight one night because you're out getting rowdy or whether it's in the cage, <laughs> I just like, dude, that, that's the alpha male. I mean, let's get serious. Every man on this planet, has testosterone he's got some balls i mean every guy at one point in time has either been in a fight Mm -hmm. come close to being in a fight or wants to be in a fight so to me it's like that sport mma i mean i'm done with it now i'm I'm, after my last fight i'm on to different things with iron man and different (laughs) stuff like that but like when you think about that it's as close to the gladiators as you could ever get you're taking two dudes putting them in one ring and saying all right there's no timeouts. There's no stopping. There's no like, well, shit, I, it hurts or my shoulder hurts or whatever. Yeah, it's like, look, second. Yeah. <laughs> it's two of you, who's going to break first physically, mentally, psychologically? I mean, to me, that's freaking rad, man. Yeah. I mean, that's as pure of a sport, as pure of a challenge to you mentally and physically as anything that I've ever done. Yeah. So, What I like about the MMA as well, a lot of sports, it's kind of, it always goes how it should go on paper. Like this guy's mm-hmm. got his stats. He's certainly good yeah. at this. But in MMA, you get in there, you know, you're one slip away. You're one. Yep. If you get clipped a bit, you know, there's so many just minor things. Like if his punch gets a fraction of a second in before yours, then it's a whole different game because he's a bit wobbly or you slip and someone takes advantage. It's just, it is my first, my first loss was that way. I'm four and a half minutes out of a five minute round. I'm beating the hell out of this kid. I mean, I'm just pummeling this kid. And literally he throws one random punch at like 434 in the round. So the round's almost over. Yeah. Barely clips me, knocks me out cold done out cold i mean done and done so that was like that was kind of my humility my humbling my wake up to like oh shit i'm not invincible you know this is the thing 
I that bet, they, like you say, that guy was probably just like, like you say, taking a kick in and he's just swinging random fists out in desperation yep. and one kick. Exactly what happened. Yeah. Exactly what happened. But at the end of the day, you get in. I mean, we, we all know this. We all talk about it. We've all heard the quotes. I mean, whether you win or lose, it's the dude that's in the ring mm. fighting that has the honor, has the respect, whether you win or lose. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, dude, the MMA is, is fun. That's cool. And this is like you just touched on it there. It's another thing that I appreciate about it. Obviously, I come from England. And uh, to me, some of the worst sporting role models are football players, soccer players, <laughs> just their attitude at times. But like something like MMA, these two guys beating the crap out of each other. And then, you know, as soon as the bell's gone, they've got that discipline and then they're shaking hands afterwards, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to property developing, you can go as general as you want. You can get specific and go to quite a complex level. How are you good at it? <laughs> How is the average man? Because I'm sure like once you know what, what you know, it's quite easy to a certain yeah. point. What are some of the key things for like, if you are going into a, a place like Detroit or just in general, if in a rising market, falling market, because I've invested in property and it's something, it always interests me. English people just like to own property. It's like everyone, <laughs> everyone just buys stuff they, they can't afford and they like to own it. Mortgage. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be interested in that from your perspective. Here's, here's the, the, the biggest thing that I see and I've been teaching and coaching and doing, you know, speaking and lecturing for the last eight years on, on this specific topic. Yeah. Um, because people want to know, I mean, over, since 2008, um, my companies have flipped almost 4,000 properties. And so I saw a niche in the market where there were literally auctions. There's literally hundreds of auctions every single day all over America. People don't realize this. They look at it like, like right here, just in my neighborhood right now, I'm looking on my back deck and it's like, I can see thousands and thousands of homes and people think like, this is just the real estate market that they know. They don't realize that there's literally... 49 other states. They don't realize there's thousands and thousands of other counties. There's, so what I saw eight years ago was, listen, all of these counties are having auctions like every day. So what I started doing is just looking at different regions and different areas of the country. Um, and I started going out and doing research and doing homework and I just started buying. And so what I saw was the average guy, somebody who's watching this right now or listening to this right now, they've probably bought books on how to buy, how to flip, you go down to Barnes and Noble or Borders and there's thousands of like, oh, how to make a million dollars in two seconds by flipping houses, all this other bullshit. There's all this, all this stuff. But the average man is working a nine to five job and he's never going to go where I go. He's never going to go across the country. He's never going to go to Detroit or other markets, mm -hmm. which I mean, Detroit last month was rated by the Wall Street Journal as the hottest real estate market in the country. Think about this for a second. Everybody's like, oh, Detroit's bad. It's this, it's that, and the other. It's the hottest freaking real estate market in the country. I've been there for eight years. We're smashing it. We're killing it yeah. there. My point is this. It's really discouraging. It's hard because you don't know where to go. So the number one thing that I see people struggling with is how the hell do I start? Yeah. Like, where do I start? Because this is what I see. This is what I know. My neighborhood right here, all the houses that I can see. So I asked Johnny, my neighbor, who's a realtor, hey, how do I invest or whatever? Oh, you got to do this. And Johnny's like making 60 grand a year, not flipping anything anyway. So why the hell are you listening to him? Yeah. So, you know, to, to, this is kind of the long answer to your story, but it, it, it makes sense because the general public is not going to be able to go into their boss and say, okay, here, here you go, boss. Here's the deal. I want to quit working for you. I want to become a successful real estate investor. So I need a week off paid vacation time so that I can fly to the other side of the country to buy a couple of properties, do my research, learn then to make enough money flipping so I can quit my job working for you. It doesn't make any sense. It's never going to happen. So what do people do? They get super discouraged. They go to these um, gurus seminars and ballrooms all around the world. And they listen to the gurus talk about how simple it is. P 
people watch these infomercials, like with some old lady who opens up her mailbox and there's an $8,000 check and they're like, ah, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> Dude, it's hard work. Yeah. Plain and simple. It's hard ass work. But the reality of the situation is you have to actually do the work. Yeah. And this is what I help people do is like get over the mental masturbation, what we call it, which is like you consume all this information. You're like, Ugh, I just can't do this. And so they literally put everything to the side. They put all the books in the corner of the room and then they go back to doing their nine to five job with the longing and the desire to start. But what I do is I help people do their very first deal. Yeah. I'm like, listen, get rid of all of your grand ideas of a hundred grand a month of cash flow. Get rid of all these grand ideas of owning hotels and resorts. Literally like shut your mouth and do one deal. Like literally flip one house. Yeah, focus. Start with one deal. Like let's narrow you down, focus, because what that does for people it's just like MMA. It's just like fighting. It's just like earning. A, when you earn a dollar, you want to make another dollar. And when you make 10, you want to make 20. And when you find success, like it, when you max out on bench press, you're like, shit, I want to do more. Yeah. When you do one fight, I want to do, it's the same thing with real estate. Once you get that first deal under your belt, and I don't care if you make $5 or $500,000, once you get over the mental masturbation and you actually go out and do it, then it just takes on a whole new world. So that's what I've seen over the last eight years is like, to me, it's easy. I joke with people that I play Monopoly for a living because I've spent eight years building relationships all around the country, literally all around the you've world. Done, you've done the work. In yeah. different deals. I've done the work. And so what I help people do is I empower them and I show them this is exactly what I do every day. People are like, wait, there's got to be more to it. You flipped over 4,000 properties. I'm like, listen, this is exactly what I do. And it's really, really, really easy. Yeah. yeah. Go do it. And you can start flipping real estate. You can start investing. You start doing deals. It's interesting, like you say, you can get too much information and the, yeah. the, best, the best learning comes from actually doing it. It's like anything. you just got to get out there because you will make mistakes, but you will sure. learn quickly, especially when your money's online. And I'm just thinking, probably the best lesson I've ever had, again, when you've got skin in the game, it really makes you pay attention. The best lesson I've ever had was uh, one of my... <clears throat> Not so good investments. <laughs> How's this sound to you? <laughs> yeah, dude, let's hear it. Everybody's lost. I've lost. I lost $13 million, dude. $13 million when the you market. You can't compete played. with that. But I was in the market. I had all, I, all the money that I made flipping houses, doing my deals, I put into development because I thought the world was going to continue to grow and the banks were going to continue to pump out money. So trust me, brother. Like if you haven't lost, if you haven't gotten beat up in the ring, you haven't been fighting hard and enough. Like you, say, you haven't lost well, money. You're not putting your money, you know. The biggest reward is going to come from some of the higher risk. And exactly. uh, this one, check this one out. So off-plan apartment in Romania. Cluj, Romania. <laughs> I love it, dude. The land Why? Of because, Romania. dude. Well, that's like you said, right the, uh, the, uh, again, number one, no one I know would do this. And you're, yeah. well, they're probably quite happy about this. But it's, it really taught me a lot. It was a very painful lesson. But so 25, it was only at the time, but I was a lot younger. 25,000 pounds off-plan. It was potentially going to, it was like you say, when it was all booming and it was like the hottest real estate market, it had like universities at the town at a, like all the big companies were coming in and setting up their factories. It was a, just a boom town and got in there at the right time. But by the time they had finished it, so two years later, it all exploded and all the companies, the mortgage companies in uh, Romania were not giving mortgages. So literally the entire- exactly what happened to me, dude. It's exactly what happened to me. The entire development- like literally they got a free building because I don't think anyone, because no one was willing to chuck like good money after bad. Basically it was kind of like your deposits kind of like just got to let it go. And we was, I'm in and like, should we chuck more money after it? And we're just like, you know, we're not going to go homeless. We're not going to go hungry. It's a lesson. Just, yep. And as soon as we let it go, we felt so much better. 
yeah. you know, it's, it's, that's that's where you to a point you've got to you know only risk what you're willing to lose type thing and that that was the one <laughs> we got to risk i mean that's the thing like my my biggest thing that i help people with and and like my um what makes me feel the best is like getting people to understand that i, I mean it, dude it's it's a parallel whether it's real estate flipping whether it's in your marriage whether it's with your kids i mean you got to take a risk of like being vulnerable of being emotional you know doing those things that you feel uncomfortable with that's where the biggest dividend is paid. That's where the biggest reward comes. I mean, I made a lot of freaking money at a young age going out there and busting my ass and risking yeah. a lot. You know what I mean? And then ultimately I lost a lot of that. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I wouldn't know what I know now. I mean, one of my very favorite quotes, you are who you are today because the choices and decisions you made yesterday. And I am right now, you are right now, and everybody listening to this right now are the net total, like the net total of everything that happened, good and bad. And people like try and say, oh, well, I've got all these bad experiences or I made all these bad decisions. I'm like, were they really bad decisions? Because you are who you are right now. You're epic. You're, you're learning. You're like, you're smart, right? Yeah. Holy shit, I've learned so much about life. Yeah, you learn from a lot of those bad, I lost a lot of money. I got divorced. I cheated. I lied. I was addicted to painkillers. I was whatever, whatever. Dude, you are who you are right now because of all that shit. Mm. So, I mean, how do you go wrong saying, well, like, oh, I failed or this or that? To me, I've never failed. I just keep learning. Yeah. And once you've done something, like you say, epic or an epic failure, epic this, epic whatever, everything else, the lower level stuff becomes like, oh, I've been exactly. here before. I've done worse. Or I've done, you know, exactly. I've, done, I've done more scary stuff. I've done more epic stuff. So yep. that's cool, man. That's very cool. Okay. So this we're just going to mix up here. This is a quick little yin-yang round. I just want to, you know, chuck some... All right. 50 50 choice at you and see where it goes. Okay. Let's um, do this. I'm ready. Oh, I wish I knew some more MMA fighters because I'd put them <laughs> together. <laughs> okay. Muhammad Ali or Tyson? Mm, dude, that's a really good question. Yeah. Dang, I didn't think I'd be, st I'd be stuck up on that. Um, Ali, awesome. he had a better mental game. He was, he was just. Off if the Tyson didn't smart. kill you in the first round, he didn't win. That's how Tyson was. <laughs> he just steamrolled. Probably, yeah. he probably even looked a little bit like you in your first fight. Yeah. How you described it. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. No, I, lo I love both of them guys. I know Tyson is a bit crazy, but he's epic. He's brilliant. He's epic. Like the guy, I mean, he's reinvented himself. He lost all of his money. He came back. He's doing cool shit. Like mad props to that guy. Definitely. Schwarzenegger or Stallone? Schwarzenegger. Okay. I love that guy, dude. I watched the documentary on him. You talk about epic shit. That guy, like if you watch his history and what he's done dude, and how I'm he's number, like, I'm like the number one fan. Dude, I love, I love, um, I love Schwarzenegger. I love Stallone. Stallone is like freaking like 87 years old and he's freaking buff and ripped and he's still in movies. I'm like, dude, what do you do, man? Like, you're crazy. I want to be this guy. The Schwarzenegger, he's the real deal, oh, man. man. From governor to barely speaking any English to like Mr. Lin Mr. Oh, holy crap. He's done it all, man. Yeah. And one of my favorite things, if you, like you say, if you're looking back in his history, he was probably about like 12 and they're like, what are you going to do, Arnold? And all the other kids in Austria are just like going to work to the factory. And even then, he literally said, bodybuilder, go to America like be yeah. the champion in that then go in movies then maybe politics yeah man <laughs> i like that guy he's done he's done very very well he's definitely motivating definitely um san francisco or new york new york hands down london greatest or, city in the world london or paris oh i love paris i love the vibe the people mm, weird <laughs> i say yes they're all french people there how about this we do london in the morning and we take the channel over to yeah. Paris in the afternoon. Easy. And then get back to London. There we go. Boom. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Dinner out or dinner in? 
Basketball or football? Your kind of football. Football. I can't stand basketball. Bunch of prima donna pricks, man. <gasps> they're tall. Can't well, stand. I'm 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 short, but I like. Hopefully, them. none of them watch this trauma. I'm gonna get my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. Like... Yeah, they're monsters, aren't they? They're beasts. Right, and this round is the complete blank round. I'm just gonna say a sentence. You've got to finish it for me. Your best friend would describe you as a dick. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's up to you. Oh, we'll we just move on. That's all. <laughs> okay. Um, last time you were drunk was? Last week. Wasn't drunk. I don't do drunk. No. I don't get drunk. Mary. But I had some, I had some, yeah, I was cheery. I was good. We were, we were enjoying life. Your favorite film of all time is? The Godfather. Ah, nice. Reasons being? Brilliant. Brilliant writing. I mean, when you think about when that was written, that was it's older than me. I mean, that came out before I was even born. That's like epic, 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 epic level. Cool. Okay, so we're to the alpha round now. So this is where you're going to give us all your alpha tips, tools, resources, and we start that off with uh, a book recommendation. The very best book. I literally, I don't have it right here. It's in my office. Uh, the Way of the Superior Man. I, I read that every single day. I read one chapter of that every day. It's by David Dida, D-E-I-D-A. Every man, like I'm going to run for president in 2016, and I'm, I'm actually really serious about this. Wait. Um, you got the, my vote, mate. That's I, literally, like I will make it a law that every man has to freaking read this book. Like it literally has changed my life, like without question. I love the Bible. The Bible is probably my favorite book because it just stimulates my mind. Mm -hmm in so many different levels from spiritual, emotional, it just gets me thinking like crazy broad things. But The Way of the Superior Man is the greatest book I have ever read. Awesome. Without question. That is a strong recommendation. I love yep. it. What would you say is a particular alpha habit you have? Like you almost do daily, if not daily, every other day. It's like an essential part of your routine. Um, phys physical. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I've got four things I do every single day. I work on my body. I work on my balance, um, my being, so my spirituality, uh, and then my business. But I would say the physical aspect mixed in with my, uh, I meditate daily, multiple times a day, uh, and then physical work it out. Like, it gives me the clarity, it gives me the space to be able to just be with me. Because I mean, from the second you wake up, your phone's binging, you got messages, you got Facebook, you got emails and whatever, and we like start off our days into these crazy panics and freaking out and the kids are screaming or the dog shit on the carpet or whatever, whatever. Like for me, just taking the morning time, getting clear with myself, with my meditation, with my fitness, working out, whether it's I go run 10 miles, I go do CrossFit. Like it's a non-negotiable for me. I have to work out. I have to do something Ditto, every man. single morning without question. And I have to meditate every single morning. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. sprung to mind. And I, 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 I've, I played around like I'm sure you, ex everyone who's really trying to push it experiments with different times, different things. And I have to work out in the morning. I absolutely love it. I work out anytime, but in the morning, yeah. it just sets me up. And like you say, one thing, I, I never, even if my phone's in a minute, I never take my phone in the gym. I never really analyzed it that much, but it's just that time, like, mm -hmm. even if it's that urgent, if it's that urgent, they got to literally come into the gym or ring the gym or somehow track yeah. me. Down. I'm in the gym. I'm just literally, it is like my, it's like my meditation. I'm just in there, oh, just dude. working. I love it. Totally agree, man. Like the high tide, to me, the high tide raises all the boats. And so I'm trying to be a good father. Mm. I'm trying to be a good business leader. I'm trying to be a good motivator and mentor. And it's like, if I wake up clouded and I have no clarity, to me, that's like the alpha male is clear. The alpha male knows exactly what it wants, period. Now there's going to be detours along the way. But for me, like I've got to be super clear. Like, so when I do go this way. Take the I'm time like, for yourself. Yeah. 
know exactly how to get back on track. So yeah, the, the meditation and the fitness for me is, is massive. This is our Yoda question. Um, who's helped you awaken your alpha? My buddy Garrett, my buddy Garrett White. Um, I've known him for a I'm lot of years. <laughs> you, know, you know Garrett. A lot of people, I mean, probably most of the people watching this know Garrett. And I pay homage to him. I mean, there's a lot of people. I, I grew up without a dad. I mean, my parents split up when I was young. So I have what I call a lot of my fathers, like father figures. But the thing about Garrett is, is he went down the same path. He made millions. He lost millions. He went through the epic relationship failures and stuff. And what he did, he did one thing for me, um, which changed my life. He gave me permission. And I don't, a lot of people might not understand that, but Garrett gave me permission to be me. And we here in society, like you, you hear a guy, like this morning, I was reading an article on how Obama was in this meeting. And I can't stand Obama. I think he's a total douchebag. He's the <laughs> worst president we've ever had. However, the interesting thing about this article is he was apparently in a meeting and he said the word bullshit. And it was like this huge thing. And all these politicians were like, oh, he said, he cut. And I'm like, really, guys? Like, you're all saying that crap. Like, the world's got problems and you're exactly, bothered about like, that. We're, we're worried about all this other stuff. But my point is, is that he gave me the permission. Garrett gave me permission to be me. He gave me permission to write on my Facebook, do epic shit and not really care what people say. Oh, you Sean, you shouldn't swear. Or there's other words that you could be. Well, no shit. I could be using a lot yeah. of other words, but that's the words that I can chose to use. Yeah. Period. And that's me. And that's where I stand. And, and I don't give a damn who thinks anything else. And for the first time in my life, I feel um, over the last two years since my divorce, since my meltdown, the whole thing, I mean, uh, without question, Garrett has given me the permission to be me in all of it, the darkness and the light. And to me, that's like, that's epic living. So watching Garrett, how he's, he's come out and how he, he lived his life and created those expressions and, and be, became really, really real and really vulnerable and really raw. He gave me permission to do the same thing. And I can say without question that um, where I am today is a direct result of, of working with him. I haven't had the uh, the luck to meet him in person, but I've I've spoke to him and uh, he's coming on here. I can't wait to get him on here and have a chat with him. Yeah. But instantly, I mean, that's the, the whole point of this uh, Awakening Rapper as well. There's people all around the world and you if you if they're putting themselves out there, some people you just see, you just pass them by. But as soon as I saw him, I was like, ah, we've pretty much done it. What's the best way someone can connect you or get hold of you if they want to find out some more? Hit me up on Facebook. Um, I'm on Facebook. That's quite quite a bit there and then um, my website seanwhalen.com i've got uh, a new light a new site launching i've got all new stuff coming out uh, we've got all my political stuff uh, <laughs> oh be man i'm looking forward to that yeah That's so i've got a i'm relaunching my radio show everything will be done through seanwhalen.com so either hit me up on facebook um or through uh through seanwhalen.com brilliant and the next thing i just want to ask you as we're heading off um, who do you recommend that I interview next? Bearing in mind, Garrett J. White is already coming on. Anyone else who springs to mind? You don't have to know him. You could just be like, that would be a cool person to get on. Or it could be someone under the radar. I would say, I mean, Brandon Duncan, who, who he that and I are. Yeah, the rare breed. Yeah, he's rare breed. The reason is he's got a crazy story. Oh, I, I mean, I've seen a few it. bits about him, but no, I was interested. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'd hit up Brandon. He's a uh, he's a good story. I could give you probably fifty guys right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But that that's the first person. That's to a come mark. It's a good it's a good mark. You know, you are who you surround yourself with. So the fact exactly that some people, yeah, hit, you'd ask some people and they'd struggle to think of a couple. <laughs> yeah, hit hit up Brandon, man. But uh, anybody that you can get within the warrior movement, and I, I mean, I'm partial to that because yeah. I am part of that. But I mean, him. Uh, Greg Anderson as well. Greg Anderson is like, 
Greg Anderson and I went through very, very similar parallels, mortgage industry, failed, divorce, whatever. And that guy is like freaking crushing it right now in business and in life and the whole thing. So those would be my two, uh, my two suggestions or recommendations for you. Perfect. Well, we are, we are done. 100% done. I feel you smashed it, mate. <laughs> Love it, brother. Love it, brother. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. As part of us passing our 50th episode on Awaken Your Alpha and pushing on hard to 100 episodes, a closed Facebook group, The Alpha Way. Look onto, go onto Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha. Like the page and you have all the links on there. But man, we've got a little private group in there. All the updates and exclusive videos. And as part of that, you will now be able to post your questions to the upcoming Alpha interviews. Make sure you follow us also on Twitter at Awaken Your Alpha to get all the details and keep in the loop. Follow us on Twitter. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless.